guys. I want to cry. I just stared into the like the abyss for about five minutes, just contemplating life. I basically this is now the fifth time I'm recording this podcast. Fifth. To be fair, I didn't make it past the first five minutes, the first three times. And then I left it yesterday. And so then I woke up today and I was like, I'ma smash this out the perk with my new level of patience. It fucked up. And I got 15 minutes in and it was the best one yet. And I was like, oh, I now totally understand why I had to mess up yesterday. And then my application just shut down. It said it occurred, an error occurred. <laughs> oh, I spat so much wisdom. All right. Oh, just let's do this. Let's do, let's do this one more time. If this fails, I feel like it's a sign because basically the topic of this is obviously you know relationships. Um, more specifically, the topic of this podcast is getting over heartache. So if you're here to get dating tips, then you're gonna waste your time. <laughs> Go elsewhere and tell me what you found. Um, yeah, so I was, I already had it in my head that I was like, there's a reason this isn't working and it's because, you know, I'm not meant to do this podcast. And then when it just shut down now, I thought, fuck, someone's trying to say something. So I'm going to try it one more time. If this fails, I think I'm going to put this to the bottom of the list, start again later with a different topic. And <laughs> I don't know, maybe the universe is like, your husband's outside walking his dog while you're recording this fucking podcast get out the house i don't know right let's let's try this right the reason i was on the not on the fence but i was just like mm, a bit dragging my heels about recording this podcast is because when you support women so fucking hard on getting over men you're straight away slumped into like the dick hating feminist category and i'm like yeah nah Here's the problem. If I could be, I would be gay. I've tried. It ain't for me. I just love penis. I just hate the fact that it's attached to really useless fucking people. Okay? So I'm trapped in this special kind of hell. So if you are too, then maybe this podcast will help you a little bit when those useless mummy boys ghost you or just leave you high and dry after really leading you on. Um, this is a nice, I'm going to give you a bit of an intro first, and then this is going to be a nice process for you to follow literally step by step. So if you want to get a pen and pad, the second half will be more directional on how to just stop hurting. So I wrote this list back the last time I had to get over someone because I feel really, really deeply. Um, I've been in love a handful of times, which I know is actually a lot. That's a lot for a 31-year-old because I'm such a hopeless romantic. And whilst I wish very few of them well, <laughs> I don't wish any of them ill. I, don't, I just don't wish them anything. Um, but for all the shit I could say about some of my exes, you know, at the end of the day, I'm now in this really beautiful space where I can appreciate that what we had was great, it was passionate, it was exciting, it was romantic, and most importantly, it was returned, which um, is such a low bar to set. 
Such a low bar to set. <laughs> oh, why are you so happy? Because they love me back. <laughs> um, but really, I think in these days, it's a hard thing to find um, for someone to like match how much you feel about them. So as someone who's had the best, also understand that I felt the fucking worst. And I feel it really deeply like it's no secret among, amongst my like friends and family that I, I am a feeler. Um, what's that quote? It's both a blessing and a curse to feel ever so deeply. So when I'm in love, it's the best thing ever. But when I'm hurting, <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's like one of those really sad, like dog movies where they die. That's, that's literally how I feel in a constant state. Um, so I'm going to kind of share my findings if you're in the middle of hurting right now, you might feel a little seen because I'm going to call out behavior that's not healthy. Um, but stick with me because I'm, none of this is to attack. This is like, oh, hey, this is exactly what I went through. This is why. And I, I know as speaking to loads of friends, female friends who go through a similar thing and people do come to me for advice because coach don't play ball. I'm single, but I'm great at relationship advice. Um, I just know this is a really common the things I feel, a lot of people feel. So, firstly, remember, if you're, you just finished something, you're out of something, nostalgia is a dirty little liar that makes you believe things were better than they actually were, okay? So when it's the beginning of the end, you know, things start falling apart, you know it's, the end is here. Um, you start clutching onto the good times and then your attachment issues start rearing their ugly heads. Attachment issues that you didn't even know you maybe had. Attachment being a great book to start on to understand this better. My point is people want to help people who want to help themselves. Now, dating and breakups aren't black and white. It's all circumstantial. I fully appreciate that. I know that from my own experience and from speaking to other people. There is no two relationships the same. And whilst I appreciate um, very well that you could actually be the victim here. I'm talking and advising you today on moving on from someone, regardless of what they did for you, did to you. The focus isn't on them, it's on you regaining your peace today. And it doesn't entail slashing their tires, as appealing as this might seem right now. There's heaps of quotes and memes out there that will start singing to your soul about breakups and how that man, man, man ain't shit. <laughs> um, save them, send them, you know, quote them, use them, absorb them, because they are really helpful. Thing is, someone wrote that who felt how you do. You're not alone. And I'm about to say stuff that will resonate with you because I too have felt this way. And there is such a comfort in knowing how shit you feel isn't personal. You aren't alone and you have support worldwide, indirectly, through lyrics, through films, through memes that make you realize that you're not alone. I've cried myself to sleep so many times, and I know that's a really sad thing to admit, but it's true. And I've had to forgive guys who aren't even sorry. That's fucking hard. I'm a host for ghosters. I'm, I'm so glad I can laugh about that right now, but it, fuck, I hate ghosters. Um, and I rarely make it to the relationship phase because I'm forever thinking, not because, but as a result of never making it to the relationship phase, I'm forever thinking, like, what if? You know, I used to let my assumptions of what I might have done wrong or should have done different make me lose sleep. The biggest flex was educating myself 
on attachment types, different personalities and different circumstances and different upbringings, the difference between men and women, expanding my mind to realise that pretty much every single time a guy left me crying for a reason, I don't know why, it was about him, not me. If that's you, I need you to absorb that, okay? Do not let your assumptions of what you think you might have done wrong or that you should have done different make you lose sleep at night because when you then go down the route of self-development and understanding personality types, you realise that what they did to you is a reflection on them, not you, okay? I know the insecurities want to tell you different, but that's self-sabotage. It's not true. Let's take it back to my awareness podcast, the last podcast. If you're getting those voices that are speaking ill in your head, click that shit out. Stop, because you don't want to do that to yourself. You do not want to harm yourself. That's, that's lies, okay? That's your insecurities. You need to trump them. Remain dignified and walking away fucking sucks, but it is the best thing for your sanity. Remaining dignified and walking away is really unsatisfying in the short term, but you fucking win in the long term. The tension, rifts, arguments, cheating, they were all signs for you to leave what isn't aligned with who you are and who you're meant to become. It's Be grateful that the signs were that obvious. We're young. I'm young. (laughs) I don't know who's listening. I'm 31 years old. I'm not 31 years deep into a marriage. So when it comes, like when you realise that and you realise how insignificant, yes, it fucking hurts and it's deep, the pain, but in your whole life, the significance of this one person who ghosted you, left you hanging, led you on after a few dates and then just fucked off, they're actually really fucking insignificant. Know that eventually you'll appreciate the good times, but for now accept that the party's over and focus on healing. I got loads of, loads of piece of shit exes, but do you know what? They ain't gonna get no airtime on this podcast. It's not worth it. I What I do do though, is I use what I learn from those experiences, experiments, (laughs) fucking might as well have been, Um, those experiences to better educate other people, but better navigate myself as well in the next experiences that I'm going to be making. So if I can, as someone who's been through some really bad experiences, can still see beauty in moments I shared with that person, amazing. Just know you will eventually get to a place like that but you can't live in that space whilst you're hurting because it will only anchor you to never moving on. It will anchor you to them and the false narrative you have to them and the fantasy of how you think it can be happily ever after when realistically the writing's on the walls. Just walk away. Focus on you and healing and developing and moving on. Now, I'm saying this really confidently because it's it's something I've practised and that now I'm preaching, but I need to, without giving my ex is any credit, I need to express that I've been in some, I've been in one really, really bad relationship. And then the other ones weren't, they weren't necessarily bad. They just like the guys cheated. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of get onto that. But what I kind of need you to know is I am really super, super easily triggered 
because matters of the heart are really closely tied with like other issues I have um, from my upbringing. Um, plus, as I recently found out, God, this one's a kick in the teeth, that being so fiercely independent has actually kind of fucked me a little bit as well because it means I'm either cemented to the relationship or as soon as cracks start forming or I feel the person pulling away, I vanish in order to protect myself rather than, you know, providing a space to be vulnerable and perhaps discussing things. And who knows, because I'm single and really happy now, so perhaps that was the sign I needed. So I want to try an exercise with you. Um, I'm assuming the only kind of women who listen to my podcast are women who don't want to end up in prison. And I'd like to think are quite classy ladies. <laughs> I say that as I'm like, I'm the one making this. No, um, I hope so anyway. And so let's try this exercise whilst keeping that in mind, okay? Um, I want you to visualise this. It's 10 years from now. You know, you've become the successful woman you aspire to be in whatever occupation you have chosen um, you are living the lifestyle you dreamt of, but also your ex accomplishes all of his dreams without you. Savage, I know, but you know, it's that typical thing of you've both gone your separate ways and you've both done really well for yourselves. So in some parallel universe, you know, he's been sat down and asked about you when he bumps into you by chance, when his friends say, what happened to her? You know, in any opportunity where your name is raised, what taste do you want left in their mouth? This is by no means to people please at all. Like, let's not get that twisted. But it's by being so authentically yourself and so morally aligned and flavoured with your individuality that regardless of the final parting, they can't help but admire you. They can't help but talk about you in nothing but a good light. You know, for me... I wanted to be remembered for like my tenacity, my ruthlessness of putting myself first. And I almost wanted to be like inspiring to him to be like, you know, if something's not serving you, get the fuck out of there. I have exes and we don't speak, but in time I've come to recognize why they did what they did to me. I recognize the person that they are, their attributes. And I also acknowledge that my answer of what I think of them is a massive reflection on who I am or want to be. This isn't about making everyone like you or speak highly of you. It's actually just a big reflection on you. Don't be that person who slates their ex at any given opportunity. Don't like them? Still hold hate for them? That's okay. It's a work in progress. However, no answer is better than a bitter answer. I have an ex that I don't particularly have many good things to say about if I were to. So I actually just avoid the topic of him. And if I do talk about him, I make sure to to add the lessons I learned and be like, you know, if it weren't for him doing that, though, I wouldn't have X, Y and Z. Did you know when Mariah Carey was asked about her beef with JLo on live TV, her response was who? That one word speaks more volumes than venting all your dirty laundry for everyone. Don't let someone live negatively rent-free in your mind if it's not benefiting you. If it's not fucking you, financing you, or feeding you, let it go. So maybe the bravest and most bruising journey of self-realization I took was my third not-so-serious boyfriend um, when I found out he cheated on me. Um, I don't think he listens to my podcasts, but if he does, this will be him finding out that I knew. Because I... um. 
I didn't even bother telling him when I found out. I wish I, um, I wish I did it sooner. I wish I had that kind of um, headspace sooner, that like clarity where I just realised I had the opportunity. I almost saw like a doorway. And if I opened that door was the equivalent of me calling him out for cheating. And I saw the mess behind that door. And I just was, you know, and you're so tired that I was like, it's not worth it. I know how this is going to end. So I might as well just skip that part and go straight to the exit. So if you are reading this after like one or two heartbreaks, please take a moment to not blame the other person. Not because they don't deserve it, but because it's a waste of time. Let karma and their own destructive behaviour sort them out. I dare you instead to ask yourself what you have learned from this. What behavioural patterns are you not proud of that you will improve? Did you hold your boundaries throughout or did you catch yourself slipping? We can't change the past, but we can change how we choose to use it moving forward. Blaming all the men in your life that hurt you won't fix you. No matter what distasteful colour you choose to paint the other half in, at the end of the day, you chose him. You chose how to react to his behaviour. And if the pursuit of self-love has taught us anything, it's that our wounds are deep-rooted from our upbringing and our personal journey. Someone's behaviour is a reflection on them, not you. But that doesn't take the pain away. It still hurts. But knowing this, knowing that what they did isn't actually about you, helps you relieve yourself of the shackles, their power over you, sooner. Unlike other podcasts where I feel wholly knowledgeable to tell you what you need to do quite like factually (laughs) on this occasion I'm going to share with you my list of things uh what what I called it operation heal heart (laughs) this is what this 10 step 10 step process on getting over someone is called operation heal heart and whilst I haven't practiced it on other people this is what I use I wrote it when I was really heartbroken. I'm not going to say when because I don't want to give the person credit. And actually, I have nothing bad to say about that person. We did end amicably. It just was really, it was a really shit situation that couldn't result in a relationship. <sighs> I, I'm i going to say it quite lightheartedly. But if you are suffering, just know I fucking was crying when I wrote this, okay? So I am with you, just not right now because I'm thankfully not caught up on anyone right now it's firstly knowing the first few days are going to be fucking shit and you're going to be in a world of internal pain that no one will understand people heartbroken in that exact moment will but truth is we always think our situation is worse because well love makes us dramatic like that (laughs) that is the intro to my operation heal hearts 10 step process number one Change the fucking name in the phone to absolutely anything else. Our hearts get an elastic band snap when we see their name pop up or even any time we see a similar shape and letter of the name. Remove that unnecessary hurt. Two, the purge. Give yourself up to two days to be as miserable as you want. I'm not saying it is only two days of hurt. This is the two days of no rules, full throttle, wallowing in self-pity, listen to all the Adele, watch Notting Hill on repeat. Do it all to cry out and feel shit. Sit in it, endure it, purge it. Building a heart from zero will feel hard at times, 
but you come out so much better for it. Don't mask your feelings with going out, drinking, dressing for attention, getting under someone to get over someone. No way. You're running away from the problem. First, always check your own house is in order. Don't spread the wounded energy, just like you don't like receiving wounded energy. Purge for yourself and for others. Step three, write down, even if you refuse to believe it, why this is a good decision for you, your growth and your future. And any time you feel yourself slipping, reread it. For me, if I'd have stayed pining over a guy, I won't spend my time in Bali productively, happily, or being present. Yep, fair. So anytime I catch myself slipping, I reread that. Number four, force yourself to exercise even though you really can't be asked. Whilst a revenge body is a good carrot on the end of the stick, there's actually a more cleansing sense of moving on when you work hard, sweat it out, and then shower and feel clean. It's a metaphorical purge with the reward of endorphins. Three, write down, even if you refuse to believe it, why this is a good decision for you, your growth, your future, and any time you feel yourself slipping, reread it. So for me, if I'd have stayed pining over this guy, I wouldn't have made it to Kenya to release my biggest exhibition ever. Yep, fair. And I reread that. Anytime I catch myself slipping, I reread that. Five, got something on your chest and you want them to know? You know, one of those days you've woken up and you've decided you really fucking hate them a bit more that day? Great. Write it down in a journal, in your notes section of your phone, on a Google Drive document. What you don't do is text them. This isn't playing hard to get or being mysterious. It's beating a dead horse. Number six. Now, this people feel a bit seen but refuse to admit that this is true. Don't try and conveniently be where you think that they will be. It's proper stalker vibes and actually very unsubtle despite how subtle you thought you were. I'm not attacking you. I'm sharing the shit that I used to do. Number seven. Do not stalk their exes. Ah! <laughs> oh, I love how I wrote that in capitals to myself. What a way to let the poison in your mind run free. You'll be creating false narratives off a picture taken in 2017 that will keep you up at night eating at your brain. Spare yourself the additional pain. Heartache is hard enough as it is. Do not stalk their exes. Now, the next phase after you've been consistent with the above seven steps, you know, you've had your two to three days of moping around. So now let's try and morph back into normality, life before they entered it. I actually wrote something and it's, it, it actually makes me a bit sad because I remember when I wrote this and I remember exactly how I felt, but then I'm, I'm smiling because of something I said two days ago. I wrote here, my life was abundant before him. Then he came in and shone light on less visited sections of my life, the dusty parts. So now he's gone, he's left a void, created a hole that wasn't there before, where my life was previously abundant, it's now lacking. I'm smiling because I wrote that approximately six months ago. Now, six months later, I'm sitting, revisiting my flatmate, um, my ex-flatmate now, because I moved out. And I was laughing with her and I said, Panya, August 2021 is back, bitches. <laughs> I was like, I'm back. Like, the this is the sad thing about what I'd written, which I just read out to you, is 
There was no difference between happy Panya before that relationship and then heartbroken Panya after that relationship. The areas that that guy had shone light on was just neglected areas, which was like my romantic life because I just couldn't be bothered. I gave up with it. And so with him leaving, he hadn't, he hadn't done anything except for giving me a perspective shift before I hadn't noticed those areas that were lacking. And then when he left, it was the void that he left made me like my perspective shift towards, oh, I'm so lonely, I'm so this, when actually I, it was no different to when he wasn't in my life before. So let me tell you, as future Panya now, I'm not lonely anymore, but I'm also not with anyone because I shifted my perspective back, you know? So I regret nothing, but I wanted to get back to my previous life. I wanted to get back to the same routine, the structure, to what I was doing before I started hurting. Now, this is where we enter into the next few steps of my, um, my 10 step process. But really importantly, I need to emphasize, it's about turning up on the days you don't want to, remembering all the stuff you consistently did when you were happy. For me, it was jujitsu, running, gym, drawing, stretching. I maintain drawing because my consistency determines my income, but I fell off the radar with jujitsu for a week. For such a humbling, respected and life-changing activity, I couldn't be bothered, I was too tired. Same with running. Since, since returning from SAS, I struggled to get the love for running back. I felt I'd served my time with it. However, coincidence or not, the two things I consistently did when I was living my best life were jiu-jitsu and running. So after my three, four days, I set myself dates to return. Now, I'm, these are, I keep saying, oh, you've got two to three days to do this, and then you've got three to four days to do this. Everyone's different, okay? So gauge it to how you feel is best, but lick your wounds, don't acquire taste for them. Don't get too comfortable wallowing in self-pity. Get your ass up, Kim Kardashian style. Get your ass up and work fucking hard. I wrote up a schedule and I had the dates in it for me to return to, okay, routinely running, stretching, jujitsu, because then you're holding yourself accountable. With each of these things, set yourself mini goals as well you know with my drawing i decided to release my second collection which i at the time was halfway through drawing with jiu-jitsu i entered into a competition super last minute so that gave me you know a goal to work towards when you set them you're creating a carrot on the end of the stick but you have that leaves you with no choice but to turn up creating incredible art and potentially winning you know jiu-jitsu medals they're not the answers but they do redirect your scattered thoughts, your foggy brain. It's about turning up on the days you're still hurting, you're tired, you have zero motivation. That's where discipline comes in. It's coaching yourself in the morning, being your own cheerleader, your own therapist. Even some days I return from training without the endorphin high. I don't know about you, but I was hurting because it was a sad situation, but absolutely nothing could have been done about it. And that was the best outcome with the least pain, but it still fucking hurt. I didn't want to hear cliche comments. The right guy will come along, don't worry. It, it didn't make anything better. I didn't need another guy. It's the last thing I wanted. I wanted to stop hurting. When I was happy, I loved the sound of music. When you're hurting, you love the meaning of lyrics. It's a weird observation. Songs I would have replayed, I never absorbed the words, but when you're deeply feeling, the words are all you hear. So let's stop hurting. Next steps. Level eight. 
Turn up on the days you don't want to, to the things that previously maintained your happy state of mind. I've just elaborated on that above. Step nine, creatively express how you feel through writing, an Instagram caption, anonymously on Reddit, privately in your iPhone notes, physically in your diary, you keep by your bed, by whatever means, creatively express your emotions because you could actually really surprise yourself, not only by like how relieving it feels, but actually how good that outcome might be. With writing on topics of the moment and in the moment as you're feeling it, someone else reading it who's also suffering that situation or emotion that you're processing, they will absorb what you're saying so much more because it resonates with them. Finally, my last, last step, and this is really hard but really important, wake up early. It took me until day seven of my last heartache to eventually set that alarm for 7 a.m. I knew I would snooze, so I parked my car outside on double yellows. So if I snoozed, it would cost me 25 pounds in a parking fine. Regardless of the science behind waking up early, all successful people wake up early. Productive people talk about how much they got done by the time you wake up. And in all honesty, late nights get you overthinking more than early mornings. The mornings is a space to work on yourself. It's a space before the world demands you. If you want to wake up early, you can change your circadian cycles. I'm both a night out and an early riser. I just choose which one I want to be that week. It's that easy to manipulate. Again, we are doing this against the current of hurting. It's like shackles restraining us from being liberated and happy. But the key to unlocking these is in the determination and discipline to do the things you know will make you happy even when you can't resonate at the time. Enjoy, apply, and please reach out to me if you need help on Operation Heal Hearts. Just on that final note of level 10, I've just finished this podcast now and it's only 9am. I'm in a really happy place. I'm in a good place. I, I want to start dating but I will also be very mindful that if it doesn't work, I use this process, these steps to just get my life back on track a lot quicker because 31 years old and I've experienced loads of heartache. And the one thing I can say is unlike training in a gym, unlike practicing a skill more and more, heartache is the one thing you just, it doesn't ever stop. Like it doesn't hurt less than the time before and it will forever hurt as much. But the one thing you can change is how quick you deal with it and how quick you choose to process it and move on from it. Happy healing, guys.